Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 96 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates, and uh, I brought my friend Derek Mendoza back. Uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, including uh, his upcoming event, Raise the Bar, that'll be in late February, if I'm not mistaken, 24th through 26th. Uh, and Derek came on before with uh, with our friend Nick Lamb, who I spent uh, some time with this weekend. I was just presenting at the Inland Empire Fitness Conference, and Nick was one of the speakers. And uh, But I had attended Raise the Bar in Orlando. They're going to move it to Dallas this February and had a great time. I've talked a lot about that event. I thought it was wonderful. Probably the best speaker lineup I've seen in any event that uh, I've ever attended. But uh, for anybody who's not super familiar with Derek, uh, you work for the Seattle Mariners as a strength and conditioning coach. If I'm not, How long were you there with, with Mariners? Eight years. Eight years. Eight I mean, years. That's, that's impressive. That's That's credible. Um, you are a coach, mentor, and educator, uh, obviously the co-founder of Coach Education, which is what you and Nick do, and the co-founder of Raise the Bar. So it's great to have you back. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be on. Mm. Well, we we did want to talk a lot about, you know, Raise the Bar. And anyone who knows, who's been listening <laughs> for a long time, knows that I use these episodes to, to catch up with old friends and to share all this the stuff with everybody else. So do you want to share what you guys have planned? Uh, you know, and how you guys plan to make this one top last year. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we had, you know, for Nick and I, for some of you who don't know, Nick and I both had have our own companies, but we partnered and we had been doing our own um, online summits as well, but we had never put on a in-person event. So Last year for the raise the bar, you know, we, there was a whole bunch of things that we didn't know to look out for. And, uh, you know, I, in the hundreds probably. And so, you know, as we, we ended up, uh, getting some really good feedback on it, it ended up going really well, way better than we could have expected, but there are a lot of those little things that could help with the experience, you know, the, the attendee experience that I think that, you know, Nick and I have talked about that we can do much better. Um, and there were some things that even maybe some of the attendees didn't see that we can <laughs> just make better. And so, you know, we're excited about doing those type of things, making the experience better. Cause that's what we're trying to do. We want to build a community. We're not just putting on events to put on an event. Um, you know, we, we want to build a community. We want to build a following of people who are all trying to better the industry. And so, you know, those are some of the things we're going to focus on. And then we're going to be a little bit more focused on some of the, um, the way the, the, the event is run in the sense of we did three full immersive days of just, man, stay in your seat, 10 minute breaks in between one right after the other. And, you know, it, it, it gets, it gets tough. It gets tough to sit in a seat for that long. So, um, along with that, we're going to, we're going to be a little bit more uh, specific on the speakers we have speaking for specific topics that we know need to be spoken about. And we know that they're the experts in those. And so, yeah, those are, those are the three main things we're going to do looking forward into the next raise the bar, which like you said, is going to be in February, the last weekend of February, it's going to be in Dallas, Texas this year, my home, which I'm really excited about. And Mr. Coates, you are going to be a speaker for it. So that is awesome. Well, I'm excited. And so I have a lot of observations about the last event. I was I was floored with it. Um, you know, I traveled out of Canada during 
a period of time where you know shit was going crazy again i was actually worried that oh yeah well, canada might actually place some additional restrictions and interfere i had a couple of concerts in the orlando and tampa area just a couple of days later so you know i kind of made a week's vacation of it and the lineup just looking at the lineup you had top to bottom was you know just unbelievable john berardi dan john molly galbraith tony gentlecore and luca Hosvar, and that list goes on like three days and so you and Nick and I have talked a fair bit about this, <clears throat> but when you guys did this, one of the reasons why it worked is because you simply just fearlessly reached out to ask a ton of people, including people you didn't have direct connections with or relationships with, and just Absolutely. said, hey. And I mean, that that speaks to a lot of different things yeah. that can, you know, whether it's, you know, you're looking for podcast guests or any other number of stuff, uh, you know, there's no harm in asking as long as you're respectful, you know, you really do your homework and, and it's not just like this lazy cold pitch that's asking something of someone else. If you're doing something that really offers value, then, I mean, you guys pulled this one off with, you know, the, again, like I said, the, pretty much the best speaking lineup I've ever seen in an event. Thank you had alluded to like having it all jammed together, partly a, a product of the fact you guys had cast such a wide net that you got such a positive response <laughs> that you then had to accommodate everybody so um from a an attendee's <clears throat> point of view excuse me I, i'm going to be really pushing this one hard because well a i'm in the lineup but i was pushing last time hard i love these events i get a lot of value out of them they've they've changed my career um it's how the main mechanism by which i met a lot of my you know friends <laughs> in the industry and it's created a lot of crazy cool opportunities including the speaking and I would say as an attendee, if you're someone who, you know, is, is sort of a quiet personality, still make the effort to meet some of the other people there. And if you're someone, I mean, I tend to be a little bit more outgoing in those environments. Um, and I'm a big believer, you know, you look over to the side and you see someone who's really not, you know, is quietly off by themselves. You know, if you can create the opportunity, first of all, go, go meet that person, right? You know, you yeah. don't know what's going on with that person. And if you can introduce other people and connect people and make people feel more immersed in it, because it can be very easy for even sometimes the speakers fall prey to, well, they're showing up at this event and they're seeing old friends who are usually the other speakers too. And they yep. can want to just kind of hang out with their friends. So you almost have to make an effort to cut through everything to, to meet people. And it's not about quote networking. It's about actually authentically connecting with people. So if you decide to go to one of these things, you can add value to the experience and, you know, really earn the respect of the organizers by participating in a manner that makes everybody feel more welcome and included. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. I, I think, especially early on in my career, I did lots of seminar. I would go to lots of seminars. I would do lots of certifications, in-person certifications. And um, I was kind of that guy, you know, I would kind of sit in the back off to the side. I'm, I'm typically, you know, I'm, just I'm introverted. I'm an introverted person. I love being around people, but I, I recharge by being by myself. Right. And so early on in my career, I had that little bit of, you know, I guess you can call it. I didn't have a lot of confidence in the skills, especially being at a place where I'm learning like crazy. And so I would be that person that kind of would be hesitant to talk to people. And what I realized is, you know, you just got to do it. It's uncomfortable at first, but it's amazing the connections you build, you know, even with just somebody going to the conference, a lot of people that I've met at conferences are still my friends today because we just struck up a conversation and all of a sudden, you know, now we're learning from each other. We're calling each other. We're texting each other 10 years down the road. We're still talking. We're still friends. And so, yeah, that's definitely something that is a great point because 
you know, that person probably wants to conversate and talk to people. He or she just may be a little shy or don't know how to spark up that conversation. So if you're somebody who's outgoing, you know, go find those type of people, connect with them. Those may end up being the people that you connect with the best. Yeah, I have a lot of good friends. And I've said this in pockets before. So forgive me if someone's heard me say this before. But I, I've heard people in the industry, I can think of one example, I won't say names, who just sort of say, oh, the people you meet, you know, your people you meet are not real friends. In reference to, hey, like, like people that you guess you've known in, quote, in person, locally, are somehow a different gotcha. kind of friend than the people you meet in your travels. And I want a lot of people to think for a second, you know, about your really close friends, people that maybe you haven't seen. It's like, shit, I just went to Newfoundland. I saw some old friends I haven't seen in forever. They're still very good friends. But even locally, some of my best friends, I don't get to see very often. But between my travels, there are some people that when you really add it up and your interactions online, you actually end up sharing more in common. You spend up spend time with them. And I don't think there's a difference unless you erect this artificial barrier to somehow segregate you know, your, your social media, fitness industry friends that you meet at events from quote, real friends, which I think is ludicrous. <laughs> if anything, you know, you're, you're going to be inspired by, and you're going to be a product of this cliche, the people that you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with and interact with people that are on the same journey and path you're on, and it inspires you to go in various directions with your career or, or do certain kinds of, of work, it could be a really big catalyst to growing your career. I've certainly found that in in my own experience. So tell me, tell us more about what you guys got planned. I know you don't have the speaking lineup finalized. Uh, right. Is there anybody else confirmed that you're comfortable sharing at this point and anything else that you, you, you know, you, you, you because again, we're, we're putting this on people's radar now and yes, lineups can change. There were a couple people who are technically in your lineup, given the issues with travel, uh, those people had to pull out. We know that happens. So what do you yeah. got? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm comfortable with sharing a couple of them. There's, um, we are doing this much different than we did last year <laughs> in the way, like I said, we're being very specific with the type of people and the topics that they're really good in. And so what we've done is instead of last year, what we did is we put together a list and we're like, okay, these, these, uh, 25 people would be ideal for us. Right. And we, reached out to them, either we knew them directly or we had friends that knew them or we just cold outreached, right? Mm -hmm. And we got a bunch of them come back and ultimately say yes. Yeah. So we were in this space where like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We have all these speakers now mm -hmm. and we plan to only have 12 to 15 and we end up with 24, you know? So um, the way we're doing it this year, which ended up being great, but like I said, the, the event, it was just too much speaker after speaker. We want to give speakers more time um, because they deserve more time. They need more time to get, you know, uh, into detail of what they're what they're trying to teach. And so what we did this year is we started with a couple handfuls. Right. And that was it. And then we have another little bit of list that we're going to go through as well. But um, the ones I'd be comfortable saying right now is, you know, obviously you. Um Big one is Jonathan Goodman. John Goodman's going to be there. He is, uh, you help facilitate that. So thank you on that end. Um, we are going to have Luca Hosevar back. Um, we are going to have Jill Coleman. Yep. Uh, we are going to have, there is three or four that we're still in the process that are trying to figure out some details. One of them is 
one that we would really love to have again. And he's just trying to figure out, you know, he's, he's not really doing much speaking anymore. So, um, but he really loved it last year and he loved being part of it. So he may be one that, you know, ends up doing it. I don't really feel comfortable saying his name just yet, but yeah, we have, we have, uh, yeah, we have seven confirmed, uh, eight confirmed right now, I believe. And we have three or four in the, in the list that are, we're trying to work some details out. So we pretty much have a close to full list. We have 12, we, we want 12 to 15 is what we're looking at. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're right there. We're right there. And we're excited about the lineup. Like I said, we are really intentional on in how we did it. And so um, really looking forward to uh, what this lineup is going to look like once we get it all nice and finished up. So there are going to be people listening who either are doing a little bit of this kind of stuff or aspire to grow into that space. At least any, anybody who's long time listening has watched me kind of like step into that space. And then there's been a ton of it, which has been really cool. So do you have any general advice about if someone's interested in that, how to maybe approach it? Because again, like you get, you guys realize, or I want people to understand if they reach out to you and be like, Hey, you know, I'd love to be a speaker in your event. And that person hasn't really accumulated a lot of career accomplishment. You guys are going to have a very polite, but awkward, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like I can't. Um, but in terms of growing into that space and going to other events, do you have any advice for how, people can make really good impressions upon the organizers, get invited back and develop a reputation to uh, get invited to speak at more events. Yeah, I would say the biggest one for us is number one, if you're at an event, try to build community, try to become part of the community, right? Number two, um, let us know that you are a speaker and want to potentially be a speaker in the future and what your topics are, what you're really good at. Um, number three is when you do go speak at those other events, maybe some other, some really small events, whether it's in front of five people, 10 people, 20 people, whatever it is, um, make sure that you're actually part of the event, not just there to speak. So you're not just showing up, uh, 30 minutes before your, your slotted time and then leaving immediately after, you know, be part of the environment, be part of the community, um, act like you want to be there. And be thankful that you got asked a speech that somebody gave you a stage, right? I mean, I think a lot of times uh, people get to this point where they think, oh, well, you know, you need to pay me $30,000 to come speak on your stage. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I understand if you've built that kind of following, but if you haven't, I I'm trying to give you an opportunity to build a stage, to, to get on a stage and to build your following, right? So those are some of the things that I would say. <clears throat> Well, you know, people may understand that, you know, you get your Gary Vaynerchuks or your certainly like Tony Robbins, uh, oh, yeah. biggest tier of the public speakers or, you know, well-known authors, you get a Malcolm Gladwell or a Simon Sinek or an Adam Grant, yeah. who they can command speaking fees. And usually there's a contract in place about kind of how long they'll be there and what they're going to be involved in. But Absolutely. none of us are those people. So there's no entitlement to anything. Uh, and in the big picture, if you actually do want to gain authority, you know, become a leader in the industry, any of that sort of stuff, gain credibility, influence, you want to use that word, then one of the best ways is be authentically awesome with people, mm -hmm. uh, show that you're interested in them and be present. And, you know, again, I, I'll be careful how I say this, but 
I observed a number of people at your event who, and even some people who are quite introverted, who I knew this would kind of really tire them out. They were very present. They stayed the entire time. They were very accessible to the speakers. Uh, and then, you know, there were probably a couple people who came in and sort of, as you said, they got up, did their thing on stage, but otherwise they were completely absent. They were not accessible. And I mean, obviously, you know, your event, you want people that adds value to the, if someone's going to buy a ticket to the event, pay for the hotel, fly, travel, because most people are traveling in, then you want that experience to be so memorable that, and, and if every speaker just got up on stage and then completely disappeared and the attendees only interacted with each other, then that's nowhere near as special for the attendees as getting to sit down and have dinner or just to talk to and interact with, you know, many of the speakers and presenters. And I remember I got a whole bunch of a time with like Chris Duffin, one-on-one -on -one time hanging out with Chris Duffin, right? Or, you know, getting to sit down and, you know, talk to Brett Bartholomew. I'd met him in 2017 or meet Nick Winkleman mm -hmm. for the first time. And, and I know that Lee Boyce coming in from Canada, he had a very narrow window. He's a good friend. So, you know, Lee just kind of grabs right on to me because he's quite introverted. Yeah. Um, he was super excited. But then, of course, I introduced Lee to a whole bunch of people and he wished he had more time and he wanted to meet and interact with more people. So you can kind of tell who's making that effort. And Molly Galbraith was amazing. She, she was forefront and present the entire time. And, and, and I know Molly doesn't do a lot of these things. So mm -hmm. I know it took a lot of effort on her part. So she was really very present. And again, I, the list goes on with the people who are great. So anything else that you think you just want to tell people about what to expect or, or just reasons to put this event as you know, kind of the event to go to next year? Because that's that's what my absolutely. mind, you know, puts it as. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would say a couple of things is number one, um, we're not the typical we're not the typical conference, right? We're not only speaking about the X's and O's. This is a lot of the, what Nick and I have been calling the soft skills, right? It's the, uh, how to communicate, how to collaborate, business, marketing, you know, it's those areas that behavioral psychology, behavior change, that type of stuff that you aren't going to get at the normal fitness conferences. You may get a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, so that's number one. If you want to learn how to improve your game, in a way that a lot of other trainers, coaches, um, PTs aren't really spending a ton of time in, this is a great way to do it. And then number two is we're going to spend, uh, just like we did last year, we're going to do this in a way of building community. So you get to meet not only people that you look up to, but also you get to meet a lot of other guests. And with that, you know, we're going to have, you know, meet meetups, for all the attendees to come, you know, like we did last year at a restaurant where everybody can kind of mingle out of the conference area space, right? Get to know each other, get to have some conversations that you wouldn't just, you wouldn't have while you're at the conference, right? You're sitting, you're having maybe a beer, a bourbon, a, a soda, whatever it is, eat some food, you know, you're breaking bread with people. And that's usually a good way of building community. And so we plan on doing that again this year as well as like I said, we're looking at this as we're building a community. We aren't looking to have a, an event, another event. So if you want to be a part of a community, if you want to learn some soft skills that you aren't going to learn out of a ton of other conferences, this is the conference for you. And it's in, it's in a big city in Texas. There's lots of things to do here. So, you know, you can make a vacation out of it. Get you, take you a five, six day vacation, come out here, go to conference for three days and then go spend three days around the town um 
how close is the event to the Pecan Lodge? <laughs> That'll be, uh, so that's the West, probably 15, 20 minutes. Okay. See if I can make a trip out there. I was yeah, I've been there a couple times. A one day event. It was a Dimatize uh, ISSN thing. Lane Norton was speaking. It's the first time I met Lane, Brad Schoenfeld. And so he had invited me down to go hang out nice. and, um, and attend it. And some other friends of mine from the local area went there as well. My buddy, Derek Stanley, who says he's going to come to raise the bar. Nice. So, so he and I went and sat down and had dinner at the Pecan Lodge. And it was, we'd asked around and they, everybody said, this is the barbecue place in Dallas. So we'll see if I can. Yeah. Cool. It's really good. So you also mentioned before we talk, uh, got on air that you're building a, a course for quote driven entrepreneurs. So I guess there's a couple of ways we can come at this. One is I want to hear what it takes, what goes into putting together a course like this, because there may be some people who are thinking about this sort of thing. And, and certainly what are the big lessons that you want people to take away? What kind of advice do you have? And just to kind of plant the seed that maybe someone might come and do this course. What do you have for people? Yeah. So the course that I'm putting together currently and, and the men, the people that I've been working with lately are, you know, driven entrepreneurs who maybe feel stuck, you know, helping them find their, their, their passion, uh, you know, rediscovering their identity and then reclaiming their physical prime, you know, their physical body. And one of the things that I found is, you know, the reason why I want, I love working with driven entrepreneurs is that they're already succeeding in one area, right? They're already good. They already know what it takes to succeed. Now you just help give them the tools, the strategies, the tactics in another area, and they can succeed as well. So um, that's really what I've been very passionate about lately. Uh, as I've learned, you know, over the last six years, um, I started an online business about six years ago while I was with the Mariners. And um, what I learned was that my message wasn't clear. So a lot of the people I were I was working with, I felt like I was getting burnt out, but really it was that I was just not working with the people that I wanted to work with that I knew I could help. And so I ended up working with a lot of people that I spent a lot of my time motivating and they needed all of my time. They needed uh, to have lots of access to me and, and you know all these things. And what I learned was, I like working with people who are already driven, who are already really good in one area. And uh, now we just need to help them focus on some, some other, another area of their life, which usually tends to be their physical body. Right. So what we're really talking about is creating the right brand and messaging. So that way the right people self-select to find you. Right. <clears throat> and so there's something sort of tricky within this too. So let's flesh this out. Every trainer would love to have a unicorn clients that are perfectly adherent, right? So Absolutely. how would you get a trainer to buy in, to get to the point in their career where they're attracting the clients they want to attract? Because again, I agree with you. I think this is essential because it's how much emotional energy are you putting into your work and how much do you have left over for yourself, the other people in your life? And if you're coming out of this burned out, you can't sustain a career, right? It's, it's not possible. Right. So where's the balance between finding the right type of person and developing the skill set to be able to warrant and attract the, sort of, for lack of a better way of saying, kind of almost like an elite clientele. I don't necessarily think that's the, yeah. the right way to say it. It's just the, the people with the right kind of mindset for your business. 
uh, while not having unrealistic expectations about finding those quote perfect clients. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that really helped me, and I actually teach this in the program, is you have to get clear, but not just clear. You have to really be honest. And one of the problems that we have is that we are kind of honest, right? A lot of us are kind of honest, not 100% honest. And then eventually those, what I like to call half truths, you say them enough and eventually they become your truth, right? But they're not the truth. And so one of the things I start with and that I learned was you just have to get clear. You have to get clear with where you are right now in that specific moment and in that specific thing that you want to change. Is it financially? Is it your fitness? Okay, where are you right now? What about your physical body is it that you want to change? Where what are you? Where are you right now in the moment? And then you got you have to start to build that compelling future, right? So what I like to do is I like to tell somebody, hey, okay, imagine that you woke up a year from now and your life, you just experienced the best year of your entire life. What does that look like? Tell me what it looks like. When are you waking up? What, what do you smell when you first wake up? Are you in this city? Are you here? Are you there? Where, what are the specifics of what that best year in your life was like? And so Going back to it, the thing that you have to do to get started is you have to get really clear with where you're currently at and be 100% honest. You don't have to share this with a million people, but you have to know where you're currently at so that way you know where you're starting from. There's a book, new book that I just read <clears throat> that goes into something similar. Uh, it's called Be Your Future Self Now by Dr. Benjamin Hardy. And I love it. I, I think it's easy read, very straightforward concept, something that I've actually talked about on my media for a while. It's this idea of picturing yourself in the future, right? And so I think there's two aspects of it. First is picture you in the future. And this can work really well for, you know, clients who want physical change, but also business people who want career growth. And humanize and see that future person, not as a far off abstract concept, because we are, awful at making decisions for the long run you know right yep and it, when we humanize and see that person as somebody real we're more empathetic to that person because our decisions today completely and entirely dictate what happens to that future person absolutely and we are far more likely to make kind decisions that are good for that future far off self if we we humanize them right uh, it's kind of like when we're driving around, uh, you know, and we're angry at the other drivers. We don't really see other drivers on the road as real people who are just trying to get home to their kids. Exactly. Oh, a stressful day. It's just all oh, this fucking asshole that's in my way, right? So I find that you just have a kinder, better outlook when you start humanizing people. And that's also true of you far off in the future. And then the second part is, and this is where you kind of went with it or very clearly went with it. If you picture where you want to be, that's a good place to then reverse engineer. What are the steps to start now to put you in the position where you are there? So this book's great. If anybody wants to kind of like get a, a step into this idea, first of all, go read that book. And if that inspires you, by that point, your course is probably going to be ready to go. And then they can take right. steps in to check out the, the course and put it into action. Because again, I advocate reading a lot of books, but if you're not going to do 
substantial action towards what you what the book tells you to do, it really probably wasn't worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, think about how many times that's even me personally, right? You are driven for this certain outcome or this certain goal, right? And you you inch your way towards it, all of a sudden you reach it and you're like exhilarated, right? You're so happy. And then all of a sudden you look up two months later, three months later, and you're almost back to where you started or worse. You know, you're like, what the heck happened? And so with a lot of these things, what we have to do is, you know, we have to start aligning our body and our mind, but we have to do that by digging into our unconscious, right? And what that does is that's going to help us understand why we keep slipping back into the old ways after making progress. And so all those steps, all those habits, all those daily practices that it took for you to get to your goal, what happened was you stopped doing them. But what we really need to do is those need to start becoming the standard. They, they need to start becoming your standard. That's the way you do things. That's how you start to slowly form your or rediscover your identity, right? Now, that's just who you are. This is just what I do. And so habits and, and mental toughness, those things have to become a standard. And so when you're dealing with any kind of, you know, fitness clients, or uh, I think a lot of times what I got caught up in, you know, in my early years was, okay, this person wants this result. Yes, your job is to help them get that result. But along the way, you have to help them understand that these habits they're creating, this mental toughness, these barriers that they're breaking through, they ultimately be, have to become who they are, how they see themselves, how they view themselves. And so I think that's the direction where we need to start bringing this, our, you know, let's the health and fitness area too. Yes, we're training people, we're helping them get a result, but we want them to have it long-term, right? So, yeah. You're talking about identity. Forgive mm -hmm. the uh, garbage truck in the background if you guys can hear this. And you, you said it. If our clients, it's much easier to get our clientele to make decisions <clears throat> that are in line with their identity. So if they can't, if, they, if they're not yet there, I like to think about an aspirational identity, this like pick image. Again, it's an image of a future self, the way you want to be, the way you want to live life. And if you successfully put your mindset around a certain identity, it's much easier to make decisions, choices, and behave in a way consistent with that identity, which means we're not white knuckling it with willpower. And I find that a lot of the things that we're trying to do with our careers, it's almost a perfect analogy to the progress and the change we're also looking for in our clients when it comes to their physical health. So, and again, you're right. Uh, I spoke about the concept of identity in, uh, in my presentation in An Inland Empire uh, because it was a presentation on writing. And I illustrated a point that if you think about yourself as someone who does already write, whether it's simple things about like emails with clients or social media content, as opposed to just, hey, I'm a formal published writer of long form articles. Mm -hmm. The far more likely to engage in consistent behavior, uh, that of a of, a, of an actual writer, which will lead you to the goal of becoming that writer. It's the same in any aspect of our business. So, I, a I, I hope that anybody listening starts thinking about this stuff in terms of how they're coaching their clients. But like you said, it, it becomes building an identity around who you want to be as a fitness professional. More, more thoughts on that. Absolutely. Yeah. Not 
so as you continue to do that, what's great about it is then that starts to create certainty in them, right? So then they 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 start to get this this certainty. Then they're going to start believing in what they can do, which is going to help them keep taking action, right? Now they're starting to believe in themselves, that self-confidence, right? Uh, I think Ed Milet says it some way like, you know, you 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 continually keep the promises that you make to yourself and you're building that confidence. You're building that confidence. Eventually it becomes your identity. Now with that identity, you have more certainty because you continue to keep those promises to yourself. And that's where you see a lot of these, what I like to call high performers or high achievers. They continue to do that time and time again, you know, because they built that mental toughness and that cycle of, they know when they hit something hard, it's not failure. It's it's not, okay, let me learn a new way. Let me make a slight adjustment, create certainty because then that worked. And then that confidence goes up and over and over and over. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot to that aspect. But if we had to you know try to put it in its simplest form is keep the promises you make to yourself. So you start to build certainty. Once you build that certainty, you're going to start to view yourself differently. And then eventually your, your identity becomes, you know, a lot better becomes now you're this person who does this, you follow through, you are consistent, you this, you know, whatever your thing may be. And I, I would love if our industry shifted towards almost that focus, right? It's like, we're working on changing people and changing lives, not changing how you eat, not changing how often you work out, which is important if you want to make a change. But that's not the most important thing. I'm going to say this. You learn to trust yourself to execute. Yeah. Hmm. Execution is hard. All right. Today is a, a slightly more brain foggy day for me. So I, I'm just trying to think of anything else that I want to tease out of that. But I think you've done a wonderful job there. Um, any, I guess, if someone wanted to start creating their own event do you have any simple advice there because i know one of the things that you and nick have done really well is you and you mentioned earlier this is your first in-person event but you guys have done a bunch of virtual stuff anything yeah. that can kind of help someone step into that space i did an event in 2019 i certainly did it with a team couldn't have pulled it off by myself yeah absolutely so this will be our second event so we've learned a lot right so the first thing is if you've never if you've never done one do one of two things, either reach out to people who have done one or number two, hire people who have done one. What I did when I ran my first summit, my online summit, I knew nothing about how to run a summit. So I hired some people to do the back end of it. I did all the interviews, but I hired people to do the back end of it. Um, and so that really helped me. And then you learn a little bit and then your next event's a little better and your next event's a little bit better. So ultimately what I would say is number one, um, Find somebody, hopefully someone close to your circle or somebody that knows somebody that's already ran events, successful events, maybe an event that you've been to and you're like, oh, I kind of like these aspects of it. Take those things away from it, leave the rest. And then number two is if you need to hire somebody to teach you, even if it is just on a consulting basis, even if it is like, hey, can I, can I buy two hours of your time? I'll pay you X amount, you know? something like that. But what you do not want to do is you do not want to go into this and think, oh, I'll figure it out. No, let me figure this out on my own. Let me research online. Let me, uh, cause that will give you, uh, some of the basics, but 
it won't create the environment that you ultimately want to create. And so, you know, there's so many aspects to it. You have to think about the speakers. You want to make them feel comfortable. You have to think about the attendees. You want to make them feel comfortable. And then you have to think of the overall environment of the conference. So there's a lot of moving pieces. So I would say start small, find somebody in your circle that knows about it. If not, go pay somebody to, uh, to help teach you, to help condense those decades that they learned, that it took them to learn into the days. Beautiful. Uh, let's remind people where they can find you and uh, more about Raise the Bar. Yeah, so you can find me at, the easiest way is at Find Your Prime on uh, Instagram, and then Demondoza at findyourprime.net email. And those are the two main main places. Uh, Raise the Bar is going to be February 24th through the 26th in Dallas, Texas. We're in the middle of signing a contract for the actual conference space. So until we get that signed, we're not going to you know, say those details. But um, yeah, hopefully the weather will be great. Dallas has a lot to offer and uh, it's my it's my home. So I'm going to feel really comfortable with uh, telling people, giving people advice on, you know, things to do and, and stuff like that. So look forward to meeting you guys and hopefully a lot of you guys come out and, and see what we're about. Raise the bar conference. I, I guarantee if you come out um, and you just interact, you're going to get so much more out of it than you thought coming into it. So beautiful. I had an incredible time. I mean, I'm so glad it did a lot for my career um, and it. Gave me a really big boost, especially coming out of a lot of the stuff that we've dealt with for, you know, at the previous couple of years. And um, so I can't say enough good things about it. It's why I'm really honored to be a part of it. So uh, keep this one, at least file it away. I'll be talking plenty about it on all of my media. And I hope when the time comes, you guys will want to get in because I got a feeling you guys will probably actually sell this one out. So I'm excited. Uh, please go follow Derek, uh, find your prime on Instagram. Um, he's become a really good friend of mine, someone I believe in. I'm excited to see your, you know, how your career is progressing. And if anybody's finding me through your media, then, well, just go back to the episode that uh, we did with Nick and Derek together. You can check that out. Nick had his own solo episode and you can kind of look through the library because a lot of the speakers at last year's event yeah. uh, and a lot of the ones that are coming up have all been guests of mine before. And I'll probably be coming back around a bunch of them just to chat with them to revisit and promote the event further. So thanks for everybody listening. I appreciate it. Stay tuned for another episode next week.